Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick. And we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. We laugh. What's going on, Brooke? I think this is like the first intro where we don't cut each other off by saying hello. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about that last time and I was like, as soon as it says recording in progress, I'm going. Yeah, see. Because we have that like slight delay where you look at me and I look at you and we're like, who's who's going to start this thing? Who's going who's gonna to And I'm like, it? let's just go for it. Let's fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Nick and I determined that uh, that's that's pretty much like the motto here on Donuts and Dumbbells. We have a, a rough topic and then, you know, we just we just do our mm. thing. Yeah, we we briefly discussed changing the name to the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast, but then decided that it's not for the best. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We probably wouldn't be coming up on like Apple Podcasts. No, or no, like probably that. not. Like... Also, Donuts and Dumbbells is a great name. Yeah. Because that's gosh. what we're all about here, both donuts and dumbbells. Because maybe, maybe next week we should eat donuts while doing the podcast. Wow, I think that's a good idea. I think so too. I think that's a good Especially idea. Especially considering today's topic is junk food in a fat loss phase or quote unquote junk food. Yes, I like I like the quotes. So um, for those who don't know, I have been in a fat loss phase for ooh, what is today? I believe it's today is day 24. Yeah, okay, day of 24. eating junk food, quote unquote junk food every day and losing body fat. Um, So I, I'm down like, I don't know, four pounds or something right now. And I've been having just a little bit of quote unquote unhealthy food as part of my diet regularly. Regularly, I don't know why I struggle with that word so much. Yesterday I said regularity. Regularity. I'm like, that's, that is not what that word is. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so anyway, like I've been kind of doing this just to like show the fact and like documenting this on Instagram and stuff that you can have these foods in moderation and still lose weight. And a lot of this is because when I, before I knew what I was doing, before I was a personal trainer, before I knew anything about nutrition, I would think that you could not eat these foods and lose weight. Like I would think like one chocolate bar was like, what's that? What's that little phrase that they used to say? A moment on the lips equals a lifetime on the hips. Oh like, my God. I would you... literally think that. I love, we're bringing back the leprechaun accent. <laughs> That's my old Irish grandmother accent. I don't, I do not have an Irish grandmother, by the way. But, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. Oh, I don't know. It's just like, that's like my <laughs> image of grandmother is this old Irish woman going, oh, you can't eat these types of foods because. <laughs> They're going to make you fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> my, mine is nowhere near as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I really love that you're doing this, um, this, like you're tracking this journey of like your fat loss phase, because I think that it's important for people to see that like you can eat quote unquote junk food and still lose weight. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're not just eating junk food. Right. Because that would be insane. Like I would feel literally sick all the time if I was eating nothing but like little Debbie cakes all day long. 
it would be great for like a day. I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. But even then, by like the time like mid afternoon came around, I'd be like, I want a salad. <laughs> I just want a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like most of my diet has been nutritious foods. I haven't really changed much about what I eat, except that I am making sure that I save a little bit of room to be able to enjoy something that I like, like an Oreo or a Pop-Tart or some Girl Scout cookies or whatever, whatever it is that I want to have. So I have had to make a little bit of sacrifice in there by, you know, not having these like giant dinners or having big lunches. Um, but I've been making sure that most of my foods are high in volume. So having lots of protein, trying to have as much vegetables as possible. I've been having two servings of fruit every day just because that's going to help me feel full. It's help going to help me get all the nutrients that I need so that I can still be able to enjoy some of these foods on a regular basis. And it's been great. Yeah. And I love that you talk about that because like, I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, completely eliminating foods out of their diet when they decide to go into a fat loss phase. When in reality, like your fat loss phase should look like your maintenance phase and your surplus phase. Like your, your new, your food options should all be the same, but the difference should be the portion size. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mostly like I eat foods that I enjoy and I eat foods that make me feel good. And I have a healthy balance of both. And whether I'm in a deficit, maintenance, or surplus, that's the same. I just change how much I eat of certain things. Like when I'm in a deficit, I'm going to have a little less of the foods that I enjoy, like the junk foods type of stuff. Not to say that I don't enjoy a salad, because I do. But some of those like more so-called delicious rather than nutritious treats you're going to have to cut back on a little bit when you're in a deficit, which is fine. Um, you have to make some sacrifices when you're in a deficit because you are giving your body less energy than it needs. So sacrifices are important. It doesn't mean that you have to like completely eliminate everything out of your diet that is enjoyable. Um, but you know, cutting back a little bit is going to go a long way. You don't have oh, to completely absolutely. revamp everything. Yeah. And it's about like when you make things like nutritional compromises, like, you know what, I really want a piece of pizza. And I also really want a cupcake. Let's say you're at a birthday party, because that's really the only situation that I've been in where there are pizza and cupcakes readily available. But I might do something like I don't eat the pizza and save room for the cupcake, or I eat one piece of pizza and share a cupcake with Micah because he'll eat just the frosting and leave me with the cake. Um, but little things like that, making those nutritional compromises and just understanding that there, you can have those types of foods in a calorie deficit with making sacrifices or nutritional compromises. It's incredibly important because if you're just eating less nutritious foods, like Nick said earlier, you're going to feel like shit. Your lifts are mm -hmm. going to feel bad. Your energy is not going to be as high. There's lots of different things that can go along with that. So making sure that you're having, you know, in a deficit, it's going to be compromised and it's going to be sacrificed to a, to a degree. And I've, I've definitely noticed some of that feeling like shit feeling on certain days where, what I make for a choice is a higher calorie option 
uh, for example, there was one day where um, me and Daniel were like running around all day and we just got McDonald's on the way home for dinner. I'm like, I'm going to call this my junk food. And I'm going to be real. Like I got on the toilet and did not have a good time after that. So let's leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I haven't been experiencing this throughout because most of the time, like the snacks I've been choosing is like, I'll have like two Girl Scout cookies, which is 140 calories or a couple of Oreos or something like that. But when you have 600 calories worth of something that doesn't have as much nutrients in it and is just kind of like more fatty, has a lot more fat than I'm used to eating. So your your body's going to react to that and you might feel like crap. And then I went and lifted the next day and I was like, oh, this is not a good time. This is absolutely not a good time. So, uh, I mean, it's it's something that you have to keep in mind as you're making these decisions is if you're having something that's a lot more of a higher calorie, quote unquote, junk food, it's going to have that effect on your body where you might not feel great. Sometimes it's worth it. I'm not going to lie. That Big Mac I had was goddamn worth it. It was worth every bite. <laughs> Well, and I like that you bring that, like that you bring that up because what a lot of people, you know, when they think of high volume foods, they're thinking of a lot of fruits and vegetables, which mm-hmm. is what you want. But like when you're going through drive throughs you're not necessarily getting that nutrition. Like you'd mentioned, you're getting a lot higher fat, which isn't a bad thing, but you know, it's not going to fill you up or it might fill you up briefly, but you're going to get hungry a little bit sooner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I like that you brought up about the drive-through because there there are options that you can have that are oh, a little yeah. lower calorie. Like you can have like a grilled chicken sandwich or a, a the, most places have salads now. Like Wendy's has some really good salads and stuff, and you can always choose that as an option. Now I went through the McDonald's drive-through. I was like, "Give me a motherfucking Big Mac. I want it now." <laughs> and i want it now but you know what was funny is when we went that day um danielle and i went together she got like the big mac meal or maybe she had a i don't know what she got she got she got a meal and then for me we're just like and then just a big mac and a diet coke and they gave us the meal with that so i also got fries in the bag and i was like i don't have calories for these fries so i'm not gonna eat them because I'm already having a high calorie thing with the Big Mac. I don't need to add however many calories the fries are too. Not gonna lie, I did eat a couple fries, but I like ate like four of them and then threw them out. I was like, I don't need these. I just don't need that right now. I think it's like 380 calories for a medium fry. I was gonna say 400. I was pretty close. You were. I'm nice. Why do I know that? I had years of tracking calories. <laughs> 540 for a Big Mac. I know that off the back of my back of my hand. that right there is a great example of a nutritional compromise you know i instead of making the decision of oh well because it's here i'm gonna eat it it's like hey i'm still thinking about my goal i've only budgeted enough calories for the big mac and of course diet coke is zero calories and shout out mcd's for having like some of the best diet coke out there um Mm. but you made that compromise and you decided you know i'm gonna maybe take a, a couple of fries And then I'm going to toss them out because I don't need it. I've already made my nutritional compromise for the day. I'm not going to say fuck it and eat the whole combo meal. 
Exactly. I, I want to tell another story with us McDonald's because I think it's funny. It's slightly unrelated to the topic of fitness, but here we go. Let's fucking do um, it. We, we had to go through two different McDonald's because we pulled up to the first one and, you know, we placed our order and then we're like, oh yeah, and a Diet Coke. And the guy's like, like he he gave us our total. He was like, oh wait, we don't have Diet Coke. What? And Danielle was driving and she was like, oh, do you have Diet anything? And he was like, nah. And <laughs> literally just like, he goes, he goes, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that was the rudest response ever. And I'm like, Danielle, just drive away. And she goes, she goes, never mind. And she drives off and you could hear the guy through the speaker going, what? <laughs> Watch, he's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> But, you know, that kind of, like, makes me think of how people are sometimes like, well, you're having you're having the Big Mac, so why not just have the regular Coke, too? What's the point of having the Diet Coke? The point is not adding another 300 calories. And I think that's part of, like, what moderation looks like is being able to enjoy some of these foods and not going overboard on them, not having the fries, not having the full calorie large Coke and just enjoying 500 calories of it versus 1200 from the entire meal, because that is just like, that's not moderation. That's just saying, fuck it. Exactly. And when you do that enough times, that's, that will derail you when you do that. Absolutely. Enough times. So it's important to remember that like in a deficit, no matter what, there's going to be a, a sacrifice. And so I think, Another good segue is like learning that moderation. Like you're not going to McDonald's every week. I mean, it's cool mm. if you are, but I mean, it comes down to like, how often are you enjoying these foods? And like for you, you're doing it every day. And are the weekends throwing you off at all? Um, yes and no, honestly, because I know that we have, we've had a few social events that we've had. My stepdad's birthday was a few weeks ago and he really wanted to go out for Chinese food. So I was like, okay, I got to budget Chinese food into my calories. Um, I've maintained like 90% consistency in my deficit. And even on the days that I was over, I was probably closer to maintenance. Um, so have they thrown me off? I would say not really, but I've because I've been able to adapt to the situations um, and that's something that you're going to have to keep in mind, too, as you go along. This is like weekend events are going to come up and you need to be able to like work around those. I did enjoy Chinese food. Um, I didn't eat everything that was on my plate and I planned out the rest of my day very carefully. So, um, you know, when you know that you have something higher calorie coming up, plan out the rest of your day. And what I did not do was starve myself beforehand so that I could save room for Chinese food. I made sure to eat. I, I think I had a protein shake throughout uh, during the day with two scoops of protein just to get like a bunch of protein in beforehand. I might've had a salad, but I don't remember um, just to get more volume in my stomach before we went out for dinner. Like, so like my breakfast, my lunch was more of a high volume food so that I could feel full. And then I was still hungry by the time dinner came around. But if I had restricted the entire day, by the time I got to that Chinese food, I would have been like, I would have eaten the entire plate and then been looking for more. 
And I love that you brought that up because that was literally what I was going to ask you next is, you know, because I do the same thing when I know there's going to be like an event or something. I like to front load my day with protein, have a nice high protein, high volume meal in the morning, maybe like a snack. And when I have a snack, it's like a cheese stick and an apple. You know, it's not like another mini meal. Um, And then I have lunch that also has, you know, a higher amount of protein in it. And what that does is it makes you a little bit less. Well, you actually described it perfectly. Like you get there and you're able to eat a good amount to where you feel full. Your mind, your mind, geez, I can't talk mindful of your hunger and fullness cues to where you don't feel like because you saved up all of your calories that you have to go, you know, you got to go ham on all the Chinese food. You were able to like, look at that and be like, oh, I can eat until I'm, until I feel full and then I can stop, which Mm. brings me to, um, this is just a brief little, little brag on one of my clients. Um, this client, she, messaged me and said for the first time I was able to go out to dinner with my husband and have a meal and not eat everything on my plate. Mm, That is first of all, congratulations to your client because that is huge. That's still something I struggle with sometimes because I grew up with that. You got to clean your plate mindset. And there are points now where I will intentionally leave the last bite of food on my plate just to be like, nope, I don't need that. I'm deconstructing this. doesn't always work. Um, But, you know, I, I aim to have that goal to like leave a little bit of food on my plate. I think that's a really good strategy for practicing that actually. I think that's a really good strategy. I might steal out for some of my clients. Please Uh, do. (laughs) (laughs) But it really boils down to like, when you're in a calorie deficit, learn how to be mindful. I think what a lot of people, what happens with a lot of people and why, you know, they go into a deficit and then they get back into maintenance and then they gain weight back is because there, some people aren't actually learning anything from being in a deficit. And one thing that finally clicked for me, but you know, before I was a coach and everything was, oh, I don't have to eat all the food on my plate and, oh shit, why does my diet look so different in maintenance than it does in a deficit? Mm. And as I became a coach and as I started paying attention, yeah, clients, they can lose, they, they'll lose fat in a, in a calorie deficit, but then, you know, later on down the road, they gain the weight back and what happened and what, what I've come to the conclusion with, with and that I help work with my clients on is when you are tracking calories also practice mindfulness, like mindful eating, paying attention to when you feel full, paying attention to what a true serving size looks like, you know, use your hand to measure it, you know, weigh out four ounces of chicken, use your hand to measure it. And that way, when you eventually transition off of calorie tracking, if that's what you're doing, you can, you can look at your hand and go, yeah, that's about four ounces. Like being able to use calorie tracking as a resource and as a tool versus a way of life because the goal of calorie tracking or macro macro counting is not to do that forever. You don't want to do that forever. Yeah. I think it's, it's more important to track when you're in a deficit because sometimes when you're in a deficit, you're going to be hungry and it's hard to use hunger cues to, to use that as a point to be like, okay, this is when I should stop eating is when I'm no longer full. 
or when I'm no longer hungry, rather. Um, but when you're in a deficit, you might not feel that all the time. Sometimes you'll be, sometimes you'll be completely satisfied. You'll be fine. And then other times you'll go to bed and you'll be like, well, shit, I'm a little bit hungry. And if you're in a deficit, that's okay. You shouldn't be to the point where like you'd fight somebody over a pork chop. Like <laughs> if you're that hungry, your deficit is too low. But if you, you know, if you go to bed a little hungry, that's fine. Now, when you're in maintenance, it's a little easier to listen to those hunger cues and be like, okay, I'm full. Like I can stop and I don't need to eat anymore today. And that's kind of where that intuitive eating comes in a little bit was when you're in maintenance, but it's, it's almost impossible to do that in a deficit because hunger cues are just not reliable. 100%. I, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, for me, when I'm in a deficit, I know that when I get hungry to the point of where I'm having like hunger pains, that's when I'm like, Oh, I waited too long. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to get those hunger pains. We, you know, I am, I'm a hangry bitch. Like I know I need to eat my next meal when I start getting irritated about stupid things. Um, and so I do know that when you're in a deficit, hunger is going to be there a little bit, but it shouldn't be where, you know, you're ravenous or, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you eat and then you're not satisfied after a meal. You should be able in a deficit to be satisfied after a small snack, you know, content, not full, but content yeah yeah that's that's a really good point you shouldn't be you should be content and you should not be generally speaking to a point where you're like wow i'm way too full yeah for sure Bow show yeah. so when it comes to like what when when you're in a calorie deficit what are the most important things is number one being patient mm -hmm. number two i just lost my train of thought being patient and consistent. There we go. Consistency. Cause you, you said that you've been about 90% consistent, which is fantastic. That's fantastic. Do we want to be hundred percent consistent? Not necessarily, because if you were being hundred percent consistent, do you think that you, your deficit would be a lot harder? Oh, it would definitely be harder. And the amount of reward that I would see for that extra 10% of consistency would be minimal. Oh, I yeah. might, I might be down a quarter of a pound more by having one day where or by eliminating that one day where I wasn't in the deficit but was actually in maintenance the risk reward there is it's not worth it I mean you should be 80 to 90 percent consistent um anything lower or higher than that makes it more difficult if you're lower than that if you're lower than 80 percent consistent you're not consistent enough to continuously see results and if you are more consistent than that, you're kind of torturing yourself a little bit and that's going to make it harder to stick to. Most definitely. It's almost like you're being a little too rigid with what you're doing. And that can impact things like social events. It can impact mm -hmm. your mood. It can create like obsessive thoughts over food. There, there are a lot of things that that can translate into. Now, I love that we're talking about consistency because Jordan Syatt, uh, Beth Baracco, like they have a wonderful method that they use. And you probably use this too, because I've used this with my clients as well, is having a consistency calendar, mm -hmm. you know, and realistically what moderation truly looks like for an entire month is you have your entire month and 80% is like five days out of the month. Right. So 
you, let's say you have 30 days in your month. Five of those, five of those days are, you know, days where you might go over calories or you might, you know, eat in your maintenance calories. Like, I think people don't understand what true consistency, 80% consistency looks like. What are your thoughts about that? No, I think you're right. I think, you know, people are either, we're very all or nothing as people. We either think that we need to be 100% in or we can just be 100% out. So people's consistency, if they're having a consistency calendar, I think if you actually start tracking consistency, this gets a little better. Whereas if you were not tracking consistency, you would see either 100% consistency or 0% consistency. But when you start tracking it, you, you you give yourself a, I was not consistent for the day on your calendar, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and then you see, okay, one day, that's fine. Let's get back on track. And as you start tracking it, it kind of drives that motivation of like, oh, I'm still doing really well. I've had nine consistent days in a row and I miss day 10. That's totally fine. Let's just keep going from here. And you keep going and you continue to see results. So I think tracking your consistency is super important, not only from the idea of like helping you to see what 80% consistency looks like, but also to keep driving your motivation to stay consistent. Absolutely. And I think it also in a way holds you accountable to your consistency because I've had people like who they don't track their consistency and then they fill out like a monthly check-in and they're like, oh yeah, I rate my, you know, my accuracy and my tracking at an eight, but I went over my calorie budget 15 times. Mm -hmm. Like that's not an eight dog. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's more of like anywhere between like, that's probably like 15. 50% consistency if there that's are 30 50, days 15 in out of 30. Yeah. That's, that, that's a 50% consistency, which if you've ever been to school is an F average. We, we want that B average. Yeah. Like, like high B to, to high C average. Yeah. And even with a, like a higher C average, you still probably have room to improve a little you bit. You got room to, and that's okay. Look, if you, if you are hitting the C average, that's okay. Now you know what you can improve on. Exactly. Because you're not going to be perfect. You're not even going to be perfect at not being perfect, meaning hitting 80%. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay to to not be executing exactly the way you want to. You we all have room to improve and as long as you know what it is that you need to work on, you have a plan in place to get better then you will. Absolutely. And knowing that tracking that consistency is going to give you that visual representation, I think that that actually relieves a lot of people because then it's not like, oh, well, I think I was consistent this month. It's like, a, oh, you know what? I have um, four days out of 30 that I went over my calories. That's fucking great. Yeah. That's fucking and there's, great. There's no questioning whether you were consistent or not if you track it. You just know. Exactly. So I, you know, I, I'm going to repeat myself. Like it helps hold you accountable to your consistency as well. 
And you can give your coach, if you're working with a coach or if you're just, you know, working on your own, you can say with certainty, yes, this is my consistency. And like you had said, like it gives you an idea of where you can improve. Absolutely. And I think that's super important. Um, Yeah. And it helps, it helps for you to be able to see it as well. Just like knowing where you're at is super helpful for you to be able to see what you can improve on and see what you've done well. So if you end the end the month with, you know, four days that you weren't consistent, give yourself a pat on the back and be like, cool, let's carry that momentum into this month and keep doing the same exact thing because it's working. Absolutely. And I also think with tracking consistency, you can start noticing patterns about yourself. Are your are mm. are your days that you go over calories, are those more on the weekends? Like that's something that, you know, might bring a lot of attention to you because I know um, for my clients, like I like to ask them, you know, what do your weekends look like? How did, how did the, how does the weekends feel? What throws you off in a week? And most of the time it's the weekend. And one thing that I try to help my clients with is creating a weekend routine because most of the time people fall off track during the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And if if you notice that about yourself, come up, you can either come up with a plan to like figure out what your weekend is going to look like, or, you know, you can also introduce calorie cycling, cycling. So maybe your weekends have higher calories and you're a little bit lower calories on the, during the week. And again, it doesn't have to be super low calories during the week because that's just going to make you go way overboard by the time it gets to the weekend. But, you know, if you subtract one or 200 calories every day for the week and add one or 200 calories over the weekend, that math doesn't check out, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't judge Nick, you know, I'm fucking, you get what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's subtract 500 and add 200 for the weekend. (laughs) Doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, just subtracting a little bit and adding a little bit to the weekend is totally fine to help you overcome what may happen during the weekend. Absolutely. And, you know, you can start to notice patterns. Like, do you typically go out more on the weekend? Are you not eating like a a high protein breakfast that maybe you do during the week? Or is this a testament that maybe during the week you're being too restrictive? And then on the weekend, you feel like it's okay to, you know, be way too flexible. You know, I think that's something to really pay attention to is if you notice your consistency is falling short on the weekends, like we're try creating a routine on the weekend. Maybe that's you go grocery shopping one day and you fill your fridge with nutritious food, you know, something, something like that. And a lot of time, a lot of time, it's just, you might need some lifestyle changes. Like if you're really serious Mm -hmm. about losing body fat and you are drinking a 12 pack of Bud Light every Saturday, you're not really serious about losing body fat. No, definitely not. And that's something that I think a lot of people kind of disregard is the be- like beverages. A lot of people like the like I've I had uh well my former fiance he was in a fat loss phase once and I'm like why are we not seeing as much movement and he was like well I don't know and then sure as shit one day he comes home with this piroshki that he wasn't <laughs> tracking and I'm like mm, do I mm. say something I told him I'm like are you logging that? He goes, no, it's my cheat day. So 
I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And you and I, I think have talked about it on the podcast before too. Like it's very hard to coach your partner. So I just, Oh God. Yeah. It's impossible. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's no good, (laughs) but I, I, I'm glad you brought up the cheat day thing because that is like, we were talking about moderation and having a full on cheat day where you just go ham for an entire day. Also not moderation. Definitely not moderation. And I think that people underestimate how many calories are actually in quote unquote junk food. I hate using that. Less nutritious food, less nutritious food, highly palatable, less nutritious foods. So people, because we've been tracking for so long, I think it's easy Mm -hmm. for us to gauge what's going to be a good, um, like a good, like what's worth it. What's worth those extra calories. But I mean, if someone's ever gone to the movies, let's say you go to the movies on a weekend and you get a large popcorn. I don't think people realize how many that's like 800 calories with all the butter and everything. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And let's say you also get candy. Uh Uh-huh. Like that's another soda. Exactly. It can add up so quickly. And I think that a lot of people on the weekends, they feel like if they're restrictive enough during the week, they can have more wiggle room. But in reality, your weekends should look like your weekdays or very similar to your weekdays. Yeah. And I think that's one of the questions I get too, is about like moderating the quote unquote junk foods. It's like, people are like, well, how can you eat only two Oreos? Because you give yourself two fucking Oreos on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't restrict Oreos all the time. So I don't feel the need to eat the entire sleeve. So two Oreos is 140 calories. I think there are 10 Oreos in a sleeve. I could be wrong about that. But if I were to eat the entire sleeve of Oreos, that'd be 700 calories. I'd I feel like I need shit. To go buy Oreos and test this theory. <laughs> I'd feel like I need to brush my teeth right after because <laughs> get that like Oreo chocolate all stuck up in there. It does not feel good. Um, doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I will say, I will say, I uh, from like a health perspective, like my biomarkers are great. I just had my physical a couple weeks ago. Um, so everything is good there. I don't know what my dentist is going to have to say about this challenge. <laughs> Do they need to know? <laughs> <laughs> they will never know unless they listen to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. Then you're fucked. But <laughs> I am fucked. I've, I should not recommend this to my dentist. <laughs> <laughs> As you take a swig of caffeine-free Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here getting my my nutritious on my nutritious green juice on. Oh, I think okay. So for our listeners, Brooke and I tried to report, record this exact podcast last week, oh, and so we 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 had some technical difficulties. We got like halfway through, and then the internet cut out. Didn't save the recording, so we're like, shit. Um, but I talked about last time how I ordered a new green supplement and it tastes like ass and I'm so upset about it because I've had I've been consistent with having my green supplement and I I can't believe I'm having this conversation because like a year ago I'd be like wow green supplement I mean this one does it tastes like ass Um, oh gosh but it's it's been like a nice part of my routine to have that green supplement because I feel like I'm making one healthy decision 
And I, like, I can compound from that and be like, okay, well I had this. So like, what else can I do today? That's healthy. Um, so it's, it's been a little weird not having that. And I don't want to drink this nasty one. Yeah. See, I, I, and I told Nick last week that I, uh, my friend Alex, she is one of the buff chick supplement. She's sponsored by them. And, uh, I saw in her stories that they had the, the buff greens and I'm like, Hmm, okay. And I got a little sample pack and it was lime and it was delicious. So I immediately bought the tropical pineapple because mm. I mean, this bitch loves pineapple and tropical flavors and it's really fucking good. So buff chick supplements. I might have to try the sample. I didn't realize that they had a sample pack. They I might have do. to try that. Yeah, they do. Like they that. have a sample pack. They also have a really good non-stim pre-workout. Hmm. Um, which I personally like. Um, and yeah, they just have a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I was really disappointed with the screens. I got them from Legion. And um, for those who don't know, I'm, I have a sponsorship with Legion and I was super excited to try it. And then I'm like, nope, I'm not going to be recommending this to anyone. <laughs> nope. Not if it tastes Pre- like Their ass. pre-workout and protein are great. Um, the, the greens, not so much. Yeah. That's- and you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose exactly it's all good yeah so now i know i and i love that you kind of brought that up that like you have that healthy decision and it helps you make like another healthy choice later quote unquote healthy right um but i drink my greens in the morning because Mm. usually with breakfast i don't really have greens i have like fruit i have oatmeal or not no yeah i eat oatmeal I'll have like fruit oatmeal and like some egg whites and eggs and, or create like an, like a little scrambled egg thing. Sure. Um, but I usually don't have vegetables. So I like to drink my vegetables, drink my vegetables. Come on. Yum, yum. Drink up. Can do this. You're right. You yes. drink your vegetables. Oh, technically I am. Yes. You are yes. drinking your vegetables. Thank you for having my back on that one. I always got you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm having my greens with my, my breakfast. And, or like whenever I podcast, I like to have my greens cause they're good, but mm. it's really, it's a really nice routine because then I think, oh, just very similar to Nick. I can make my next best choice. If I could drink my green supplement, I can eat a vegetable later on in the day or some yeah. fruit, things like that. And I, since we're on the, that topic of like in a fat loss phase, what does that look like? I really want to like uh, go back to the point that you made where you had said that it is a lifestyle change. Like it is a true, like when you're in a calorie deficit, you're not just trying to like, well, you want to lose body fat, but really the ultimate goal should be how do you lose body fat and keep it off Mm. and creating a lifestyle and changing the way you know, your relationship with food you know, taking what you've learned from calorie tracking and transitioning that into, okay, this is, you know, this is my lifestyle, not calorie tracking being a lifestyle, but like you're understanding what portion sizes look like and different things like that. I think it's so important for people to also realize that this isn't just losing body fat for now. It's losing body fat forever until you decide to go into a um, into like a surplus or, or just kick it in maintenance. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, and you have to make those long-term decisions to be able to have those long-term results. 
right? You can't just try the quick fix, lose 60 pounds in 60 days or whatever crap they're advertising at the magazines at the grocery store. You got to do it slowly. You got to do it sustainably because you need to build those lifestyle changes that come with losing fat sustainably and slowly in order to keep it off. Now, if you do like the quick fix diet where you eat nothing but cabbage soup for 60 days and shit your brains out, you're not going to learn anything. I say that right as Brooke's drinking some of her greens. And I think I saw a little green come out her nose. I'm not too sure. <laughs> you saw correctly. <laughs> Perfect. Um. <laughs> Crawling you out. <laughs> How'd that feel coming out? <laughs> it smelled good. <laughs> like pineapple. <laughs> oh, my God. Where was I going with this? <laughs> you were going with like lifestyle habit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, if you try that quick fix diet and then stop eating cabbage soup every single day and go back to having McDonald's every day and drinking a 12 pack of Bud Light every single weekend, you're going to gain all the weight back and you haven't actually developed any lifestyle changes to be able to keep what weight you've lost off and you're going to fall right back in your old habits and then three months, six months, a year from now, you'll be thinking about that cabbage soup diet again and you'll re repeat the cycle anew over Absolutely. and over until you die. And we see this all the time with clients. So this isn't mm -hmm. just a, this isn't just a scenario. This is like, this is things that actually happen for people. And while we're on that topic of like lifestyle change and like developing like healthier lifestyle habits, Habit stacking is so helpful. Like I always forget to take my, um, just like my supplements, like my multivitamin, my vitamin D, because here in Seattle, it's so gray. Um, mm. But I take like my multivitamin, a B complex and vitamin D. And I would always forget to take them. So now I've moved my vitamins. I put them in like a little pill separator or whatever. Yeah. And I put it on top of where I keep my coffee. So mm, every morning in order to get my coffee. Brilliant. Yes. In order to get my coffee, which, you know, I, I need to have, <laughs> 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 which I need to have. What I will do is I have to physically grab my vitamins before opening the container where I have my coffee. So I'm holding it in my hand and I immediately go, oh. Here these are, and it reminds me, I need to get my greens, my fiber, and my creatine as well. And I pull those out. And once I have my first meal, I drink my greens and I take my vitamins and all is well. So making sure like, you know, if you struggle to, let's say, let's say you struggle on getting enough protein and you want to be able to hit your protein goal for the day. One thing that you can do is like, Put a, like, I don't know, like your blender bottle or a pre-made protein shake. I personally like the pre-made ones. Um, you can take that and set it next to your tooth where your toothbrush is. Mm -hmm. So you can brush your teeth and then you can grab it and go, okay, I need to drink this later. Yeah. Li little hacks like that, just to set you up for success is going to go a long way. You know, things like putting your fruits and vegetables, not in the crisper draw, keep them visible so when you open the fridge you go oh 
I want to eat this pineapple that I bought uh, versus leaving it all cut up and in the crisper jar and forgetting about it. And then it goes there to rot. Just you know, leave things out in sight that you want to keep as part of your daily habits, your daily routines and don't hide them because you're going to forget about them. Oh yeah. I mean, I put all of my vegetables and my fruit that's stored in the fridge. I put that in my line of sight. Mm -hmm. I put all the cheese, things like that, that I can easily, that, you know, would easily add up if I was, you know, just kind of grabbing a piece every time I open the fridge, those can add up really quickly. So I put that in the crisper drawer. Did you say draw? Are we going to have this conversation? We're going to have this fucking conversation (laughs) right now, Nick. Yes. I said draw in the draw. It's a drawer. It's a, it's a a (laughs) draw. It's a drawer. D-R-A-W-E-R, Nick. Yeah, we we ign- we ignore the ERs here in Massachusetts. They just don't exist. It's <laughs> so funny because we've had this conversation so many times. Like, le- this is at least the third time that we've had the, the draw versus drawer debate. I can't even tour. say that. Tour. <laughs> I'm just adding syllables to a one-syllable word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> where was i going with that oh my god it's but so yeah, bad leaving things in your line of sight that you want to access more frequently you know if you notice that um there's something let's say in your pantry or your cupboard that you look at you open it up and you look at it and you're like "Ooh, i really want that but it's not necessarily in line with your goal for that day move it mm. move it to a less visible place and make more nutritious options more readily available I think you're absolutely right. I'm also going to say here that you're like, you just started freezing up a little bit and I'm super nervous that we're going to lose this podcast again. So I think we should wrap here. Um, Yeah, because it literally is like your connection's unstable. My bitch, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get cut off, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.